Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. This is Alan Bishop, head alchemist at Spirits of French Lake Distillery. We're glad to introduce to you our newest bottled and bond bourbons, the Lee W. Sinclair Four Grain Bourbon and the Maddie Gladden High Rye Bourbon. As always, these two bourbons are deeply rooted in the history of our location in the Black Forest of Southern Indiana. Always double pot distilled, never chill filtered, made using the finest grains, alternative and historic yeast strains that we propagate ourselves, and the methodology that once made Southern Indiana an epicenter of American distilling. Matured gracefully in 53-gallon number 2 char, new American oak barrels, using a low 105 entry proof, the Lee Sinclair presents an oak forward profile, which pushes forward the definition and conversation about bourbon possibilities. While the Maddie Gladden graces us and demonstrates respect with her 35% rye mash bill, it's not just the spirits in the bottle, it's the spirits of the place. Respect the grain and drink responsibly. Scotchy Bourbon Boys by Kenny Fuller. Uh, we will have total details on how you can, uh, I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, it, it kind of <laughs> blows my mind uh, that uh, it makes me feel like somehow we are <laughs> a, a professional podcast. <laughs> nothing, nothing like uh, what we normally do because uh, most of the time, and we, he says we talk some shit, but we might be full of shit sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, that, thank you, Kenny. Uh, that was fantastic. It's far above the reaches of this, uh, what it, what we're doing. I, I'm looking forward to, we'll talk about what Bo Cumberland's going to do. And you combine that with the talent. And then also we'll start her off just like we always do. Here we go. Oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. 
for if we don't find the next whiskey bar. I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for sticking around on YouTube Live. We are live tonight. Uh, we I, we got a comment. Let me see. I'm trying to see if I can get my comments up on this. I got to actually, I think I got to pick. There we go. Now I got to turn this down. There we go. Oh, there, Xavier and Mrs. Xavier are... Uh, Watching tonight, I'm going to watch these comments closely while we do this podcast because this podcast is based off of the Alan Bishop experience, which tonight is Thursday night. Now, uh, it is Thursday night, uh, and I'm excited because Friday, I, I you know I'm I'm live right now uh, on Facebook, but tomorrow night, Friday, July first at eight p.m., uh, Bo Cumberland's documentary on Alan Bishop, the Alan Bishop Experience, is going to go live so that everybody can watch it. If you're listening to this, uh, it's going to be on YouTube. You know, it's it's not like, but it's it's it'll be available at eight p.m. It's premiering on YouTube. Uh, we got to see it last weekend in Louisville. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm honored to be a part of that. I was honored to be a part of the premiere and everything that we did. I really feel that uh, everything that Alan is doing, uh, if, you, if you're a part of it, you're a part of his family. And uh, I just felt that you just really felt that. Uh, and there was a lot of... A lot of fun things going on. I mean, uh, I'll just talk about the Alan Bishop experience. And Mr. Schneider is watching tonight also. And this is going to get wild because I'm, I've am i got the line in front of me. I mean, I even got uh, the original weeder. And then I've got, uh, you know, I've got pretty much, I pretty much have everything. I think I'm missing a couple of the the newer things, but I'm going to be going down there, uh, and, uh, I'm going to be going down there and watching. Hopefully Mr. Bishop is able to come on, uh, the Jeffrey Mueller feed and I get his, uh, I can get some of his comments also. Uh, and I will try to bring, uh, Alan on, uh, through video if I can, but, uh, we'll see what happens there. I know I'm a little late tonight. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff that's been happening. Uh, well, you know, life happens and you got to get through it. And I'm doing my best to do that, folks. And uh, But I'm about to have a lot of fun tonight. And this could get crazy because uh, I just want to let everybody know that... Uh, with the spirit of French, like the spirit of French lick and Alan Bishop, uh, from the start of when I went down there, uh, I, we've, me and young nose, uh, had kind con- contacted, uh, Alan and uh, through face through Facebook, uh, we had seen him on social media. I kind of talked to him and he sent up for the first podcast that we ever did. And we had my phone, 
Uh, he, we brought him on on Messenger and put the phone to the microphone and interviewed him on the podcast. We weren't even, you know, doing FaceTime or anything. There you go. I'm going to see if I can bring him on the... Let me see. Is that going to happen now? But so let's send request. Let's see. I'm good. I never brought anybody on the live feed before. Uh, I sent the request. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, nope. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. No. Maybe. Oh, I got to turn it actually up. There we go. No. I'm trying. Uh, it might not work because I might have to. It might happen. Well, let me quick check it out real quick. I'm trying, folks. Hold on a sec. We'll put this down. Here I am. Let's see. Nope. All right. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll watch for Alan's comments and uh, we can talk a little bit. He might be able to verify. There might be too much of a delay for that to happen. I'm going to turn this down right here. All right. I did um I, I I did send him a request there. Uh that but I'll monitor I'll monitor the chat. We'll go through that. Uh so anyways, uh the green icon to get a send request. I don't know. <laughs> if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But what what I wanted to do is uh go over uh <laughs> I'm so excited. The, the the Alan Bishop experience we were talking about before we started into into the the lineup but uh when we early on uh, oh, there you go okay Alan will send me a request in a few minutes which is fine and we'll see how that works I don't know you know it's gonna be weird because I hope I can do it through two phones <laughs> I will try. Uh, once Alan, you get the request, let me tell me you sent it. Now maybe ring, a, run around the other side. I love this aspect of the live, uh, seeing how things work because you know once you iron out something. But this this podcast is directly, uh, you know, based off of you know it was Greg Schneider and Alan Bishop from the start for us, and they were the both greg thank you very much greg for all that you've done for the podcast and the promoting and the same thing alan uh and then joe lee also and uh I, so we're watching the the uh, it's an hour and a half movie and the premiere and we're watching it and i i was interviewed by bo cumberland in the movie and i was talking about the first time that uh, Alan, Jolie, and me were together and we we're on the podcast and we we're talking about swamp wrestling and everything. And out of nowhere, that first podcast, I, and I hadn't even revisited that podcast for a long time. There's a lot of stuff that I did early on that I don't like to watch because I did so horribly. But Alan uh, and Jolie were on the podcast and it had a Kind of the angle of the camera was set up, uh, not on purpose, but a little bit like how Howard Stern 
<laughs> used to have his camera set up in the in the radio station where it was just kind of off to the side. It was, you know, you could see Jolie and Alan and barely see me. And uh, the sound, I, I went back today and uh, Bo knows I'm going to have to talk to him how to improve my sound <laughs> because it sounded fantastic on the actual, on the documentary, but I'm watching it on YouTube today and it sounded like absolute shit. So he cleaned that up and added some, so it was really cool to see uh, something that I had done early on in the documentary. I, it just made me feel so much part of everything that's going on. But getting back to uh, the spirit of French Lake and Alan Bishop, he's the head distiller there. He basically has been there from the start and uh what he has produced is just amazing and it just keeps getting better and better but the support the scotchy bourbon boys have gotten from from uh you know the you know the the spirit of french lick and them sponsoring us and being a part of us and supplying me with professional ads and professional, uh, you know, for Lee W. Sinclair, this, you know, for, for the, I, you know, and they're always working towards improving that. But tonight, and this is going to get real fun because I'm going to sample it all. <laughs> We're just going to go through the lineup. I do believe I'm going to, oh, God, I hope, yeah, I, wait, oh, no. Oh, there they are. I need these because the back of the, I'm going to read a couple backs of the, I'm going to read a couple backs of the oh, <laughs> of uh, first time I've been. Thank you for watching Silent Spirits. Uh, but uh, the first, I mean, I'm just going to read the backs. But the first time that I had this had uh, Maddie Gladden and I had Lee W. Sinclair were samples that uh, Alan sent up, and it was it was a whiskey on uh, because. Going into this, when you start to sample craft distilleries, now this is a couple, this is two and two and a half years ago. And when, when Alan was, I had was, we were into some scotches, we were into some Irish whiskey, and we were really into bourbon. And it was Kentucky bourbon. And that Kentucky bourbon flavor of those caramels, those rich caramels. Hey, Ricky, uh, glad you're watching. And then all those rich caramels and those, you know that brown sugar with the with the uh, the spice, uh, you know the the peppery and the cinnamons that happen in Kentucky. This is completely different. Uh, what Alan puts in that bottle, and I always like to say uh, it's a what would you say? It's a Indiana profile. It has it's 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 its own uh, whiskey category in the fact that yes it's bourbon yes it has what it takes but how alan goes about it was over the next two and a half years he basically uh went over with us and explained what he tries to do explained how he runs his pot stills explains that oh there is a request sent all right i gotta see if um that's on the other one all right, hold on real quick. <laughs> Is that a request? 
Okay, let's see if I can do it over here. Oh, or is it just there? Well, overview a lot more like this. Live chat. Nope. All right. I'm going to have to quick. I'm going to try it. I don't know <laughs> how this is going to work because I might have to. I'm going to approve. Join the Bullet Guard. If they accept the scheme, join the view or those audio only. If they accept, they can join on video or with audio. Send invite. All right. Here it comes. I gotta see how this works. I'm back here. It said he was he was adding. <laughs> there I am. <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, he's supposed to come on. Let's see. I might have to turn this up. Let's see. Are you there, Alan? Turn this up. Let's see. You there, Alan? Hold on. There, Alan. Hold on. There, Alan. I don't know if I can make that work. All right, let's try. I mean, if it happens, uh, he should just show up. Um, if it, I have my sound down at the moment, so if anybody starts hearing Alan, please, uh, te you know, let me know it's happening, and I'll work out trying to get the sound back on. Shit won't let me. Okay, but at the same time, you know, uh, I can see your comments, Alan. So feel free at any time to put something that I can read to everybody knowing that you're there. Uh, but we do, we, we so much appreciated what Alan did and, and what Greg did also, you know, Greg's here tonight also with us and the support, but then the, also the financial aspect of it, you know, uh, you guys, uh, they basically were, uh, I, you know, our first sponsor and, you know, when you're just a little podcast and you start off, uh, and you and you you basically don't uh, you're kind of wondering you know how this will work and how it should go about it and the support that they that Alan and Jolie gave me right it says rotate phone <laughs> am I supposed to rotate the phone or are you supposed to rotate the phone is the question I don't know. Um, but if anybody sees Alan show up and I don't see it, uh, let me know um, or hear it. Maybe he can. I know you can just join audio wise. Uh, that would be a shot uh, that you could try. But I then we'll probably end up with uh, a double delay, which would be weird. But uh, so the reason why I wanted to do this podcast, because everybody who's joining us now and has been with us or whatnot, was that uh, the Alan Bishop experience is, I'm going to mention this throughout the night, it's going to premiere on YouTube 8 p.m. tomorrow night, and uh, we got a chance to see it, uh, we got a chance to see it, and it was pretty awesome, uh, 
you know, we're part of that and, you know, we're the, the aspect of being able to, well, that is weird. What's going on with, all right, now my, (laughs) my camera, my audio camera is now messing up right there, but that's okay. Uh, we'll keep going, but, uh, to get to see that, be a part of it, come the full two and a half years in there's, uh, Yes, thank you, Jolie. It's the AlanBishopExperience.com. Check that out too. And uh, tonight, I'm gonna in honor of that. Oh, try now. Okay, I'll be right there in a sec. Hold on, we'll try one more time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, there it is. All right, I tried it. (laughs) It's just greatest of all time porn, yes. (laughs) I don't even know. What the hell did I do? Okay, there's my headphones. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. All right, I'm coming back. Uh, Does anybody hear Alan or see Alan? Or (laughs) it's like, can you hear him? Nope. There's nothing there. I did re-accept and send. Okay, no luck. All right, so now I'm going to get myself a Glencairn because it's time. This has been enough fun that I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off with the line. So, uh, what Alan, you know, if... Yes, thank you, Alan. Just uh, he's going to comment as I go, uh, and I will re- I promise, Alan, I'll read word for word uh, <laughs> what you comment. But uh, what I got here is my lineup of what I've brought back from the spirit of French Lick, and uh, there's some good stuff. I actually have my. I'm going to do bottle kills on the Ma- Maddie Gladden and the Lee W. Sinclair Iconoclast. I do have um, other bottles uh, of that. Now I'm not doing a bottle kill of my favorite. Uh, uh, so I'm going to. I'll finish, but this William Dalton right here, everybody. I'm going to hold that right there and right there. If you look at that, that's the Vintage Cafe, the Proof 107.9. This is the French Stave uh, collection that uh, Alan did, which was my bourbon of the year last year. And it's one of my favorite bourbons. So I've got that. I've got... Well, let's just start off with some Maddie Gladden. This is his Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, he, this is a staple signature, uh, what they have at the Spirit of French Lick. Now, one real cool thing is, it's almost like I feel like that's the, but that's the Maddie Gladden. Uh It's a trash can, not a trash can. <laughs> that was that was uh, Alan talking to Jolie. So, anyways, um, I'm putting this uh, Maddie Gladden. 
in uh <laughs> Jolie just told him to fuck off, so <laughs> I love the chat. This is kind of fun to do it this way. I'm gonna have some Maddie Glenn and start off. Uh this is their now, this is where the glasses come in. I mean, for God's sakes, this is what was uh yeah. I love the Maddie Gladden label. Thank you, Jolie, on that one. And uh, uh, this one's bottled in bond, so it's 100 proof. Uh, and it is 55% corn, 35% rye, and 18% malt barley on that one. This is uh, the first. This is the first spirit of French Lick. It was sent to me in a sample, but I believe it wasn't bottled in bond. I, I'm Alan, you might be able to tell me, was it always bottled in bond or was the first time that you put out Maddie Gladden, it wasn't bottled in bond. It was a two year. I'm waiting. Let's see. We'll see if he's still there. I'll let you know, but this one. So what, what the, the whole aspect of what Alan does is, and what they do at the Spirit of French Lick is they respect the grain. And that is something they say all the time. And, uh, and I would have to say, uh, 10% malt, aromatic 30. Yes. Always bottled in bond on Maddie. Did you have a rye bourbon before Maddie or was it just, uh, you waited to get that bottled in bond. Now, is the bottled in bonds that you put out now of Maddie Gladden still four year or is it older? Is the other question I'd like to ask on that one. Uh, I do. I, it's like this one was the first time that I ever realized that 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 malt in there that it's got a, a thing of fresh baked bread. A sample of four-year-old barrel proof before the bottle and bond was proofed down and released. Okay. Thank you for that, Jolie. I appreciate that. Uh, still four, verging on five. Okay. So, once again, I've got this little bit, but I've got another bottle, so I'm not worried. Now, sitting. This one's sitting for a little bit. Is absolutely... Picked up some sweetness. Wow. And caramel. And I don't usually get that strong a caramel, but if you look, my bottle's on the on the back end. So there's some, you know, anytime you don't let that uh, on the age. And, I, you know, the, that's one thing that I was saying before, Alan, is that I was at... Uh, the party source right on the river across from Cincinnati. And I got to see my first ever Maddie Gladden on the shelf. I'm not, you know, here in Ohio, you're not in Ohio and you don't see it a lot, but right there on the shelf was Maddie Gladden. And it's like, when you see it on a shelf at a big place, you know, you got, that's, <laughs> you're being distributed all oh, so roughly, he says, they dump 30 to 35 barrel dumps every three months, and it sells out. And that's not, I mean, something this good, there's no, I mean, every, and then also the marketing aspect of what 
Alan is doing and what Jolise helped him a while ago to do is that uh, there's nine cases left at the distillery right now. And I'm going to try and get down to the distillery soon because uh, I need to pick up uh, uh, I need to pick up a barrel. So uh, then also we have some hopefully exciting news coming up. I am trying to make it so through the state of Ohio, we can do a barrel pick. And I want to do a William Dalton barrel pick down at the Spirit of French Lick when we're down there for Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Uh, we have an opening for that Tuesday before, and I'd love to bring the Scotchy Bourbon Boys in and do a William Dalton barrel pick. But we also, I would like to somehow try and get those French staves in the barrel and let it go for a couple months to see what happens if we could. But I, it's it's just like, I, but I have to get down there sooner than later if that's the case. But July is around the corner. And after this weekend, my Julys are open till the end of the month. So hopefully I can get down there and uh, do what I got to do there. Hey, Dario. Nice to see you here. Uh, so anyways, there we go on the Maddie Gladden. I really like what's happening with this. Mm. All right. So we tasted up the Maddie Gladden. This is tonight. We're going through the whole French lick, uh, lineup because they are our sponsors, and I like to at least we like to have I like to have Alan directly on. Uh, <laughs> I like to have have Al, uh, Alan directly on the podcast a couple times a year, uh, and we kind of schedule that. Uh, the last time was very unique. Um, him and uh, <laughs> Benjamin. Eves were having a lot of fun with Absinthe that night, and I think it's one of the best podcasts that we ever, ever did. Uh, I, I I highly suggest to go back and watch that one. Uh, then there was, I mean, he's been on uh, three or four times, so you can find it. But uh, fall for the show, too, that would be great uh, to get the new ads. Now, uh, so go back and check those out. But with this one, uh, you know, there was no, I, this was a spur of the moment thing because, uh, initially I didn't think that, the the, the Alan Bishop experience documentary was going to be released this quick. I would have, uh, worked on trying to, um, have him on live tonight. Uh, not tonight, but, uh, whatever, but it was just kind of like, okay, it's Thursday night before I just found out yesterday. I'm podcasting the line. Plus, I like to give, uh, you know, my sponsors a full dedicated show once a year on what they're doing and what they're making. And uh, this one, I think uh, we've done the Maddie Gladden. So let's go to the Lee W. Sinclair. And I believe in this case, I have the, <laughs> where is it? I got it. It's the Iconoclast. Now, this is a very unique bottle. Uh, this, this grain, no, we're going to get, I mean, I just, I should have, considering I listen to these ads every single time that we run, it's like good to have Chris on, CMS on. All right, let's go with, uh, 
corn. This is a four grain bourbon. It's corn, wheat, oats, and barley. Uh, so, all right. Somewhere in here. Let's go. Proof. It's uh, 107.9. It's 75. Oh, those are the barrels. It's a three-barrel dump. And I'm looking for one more. Yeah, it's definitely Indiana straight bourbon. And it is... Uh, it's a bottled-in bond also, I believe. Yes, I'm just looking for... Uh, respect nope I don't see the I'm not seeing we put yep get Mike yes I, and I understand everybody um Mike Michael and Sandra Stallings uh, if you check it out there, uh, through the spirit of French lick and the documentary, please, uh, uh, help out Michael and Sandra Stallings. Michael was diagnosed, uh, with, uh, cancer and they need help. Uh, we gave, uh, and raised, I believe a, a good amount of money at the, all right, it's an overproof 107. Should be back on the sticker. All right, so I'm going to put this in and whatever. But Mike and Sandra, uh, when you go to the allenbishopexperience.com, there is a place to donate and help them out. Uh, they definitely need the help. Uh, please check that out also. All right, let's dump that kind of class in here. Okay, just through the documentary through Bo and Joe Lee. Yes, not through the spirit, of, but you know, just the spirit. Okay, not through the spirit of French Lake. Yes, but please help out. And then also uh, check out 8 p.m. on YouTube, uh, the Alan Bishop experience tomorrow night. So what I got here in the Iconoclast is this was a really unique <laughs> marketing by um, Mr. Bishop as uh, his favorite thing not to be called the Bish. <laughs> and uh, it, this this is the four-grain bourbon. And when I first... All right, he's a unique profile um, of the Lee W. Sinclair section. So, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm just getting so much information. It's just freaking awesome. And I'm only on the second Lee W. Sinclair. Let's, let's, let's taste this one. I mean, this is at the bottom. So it's been low for a little bit. Such a different profile. This is more. Ton I get tons of apple. It's just delicious. Um. A very sweet finish, not a lot of uh, wood grain or oak, but that um, just that the malt in there, that that, and then it's got to be the oats, and and so this this bourbon 
is very, very, I, I like both. These were the first two, the Lee W. Sinclair and the Maddie Gladden that I had tasted that got me interested into drinking bourbon that didn't taste like Kentucky bourbon. And there's a lot of different, you know, you can, some people really love that Kentucky bourbon and they don't want anything else. And then, but lately the whiskey drinker is like on board for different things. And I find that really kind of cool. So the other thing I wanted to do is that I've always, um, after tasting those two, I really wanted to get to his wheat bourbon. Now the weeder is, uh, this is his wheat bourbon. And uh, let's see. And I picked this up late in the game. This is uh, 90 proof, right? Yeah. And it is... I'm just looking. Barrels of wheat bourbon from Wyoming. The place... Okay, so this initially, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, so that's one of the things we... Alan, uh, when he was starting out... The, the rules in Indiana were a specific rule for it to be called Indiana Straight Bourbon. This one is just called Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So he purchased sourced barrels, in this case out of Wyoming, and uh, in the middle of it, Indiana changed the rules so that it had to be more his whiskey than the purchase whiskey. So things kind of changed. So there are some different, you know, unique things when the rules in the middle of what you're doing changed and he was able to make it work. But in this case, this was the weeder. And I really liked this. I wanted to get a hold of this. Uh, I went to the distillery and was happy they still had it because I wanted to know how um, I knew that Alan had done different things with uh, the foregrain and the rye, rye bourbon that he had, high rye bourbon. And then 40, okay, so Julie said 40% source, 60% craft on the weeder. And this has been opened a little bit. And once again, very delicious. I'm getting, I must be having a fantastic night because everything I'm tasting is a lot sweeter than I, than I normally, maybe it's just how long it's been in the barrel or whatnot. But, uh, let's just keep, uh, Checking that one out. I really, I, I mean, it's it's not, uh, it's an early on uh, expression that, that Alan did. And in my opinion, it's just, it it's just goes along the borders of what, so seven year Wyoming, two year Spirit of French Lick. And uh, I mean, God. You really can taste the toasted wheat 
on this. There's a little bit of milk chocolate, toasted wheat. So uh, I was glad that I was able to get that because initially when I went down, you know, every time I go down to visit the distillery, I'm always racing to get something. It's, 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 he's got so many different releases that you, you know, and they're going to go like he's, like he was talking about, there's nine cases left of the Maddie Gladden from the last, it, it flies off the shelf in there. So I was really happy to be able to pick up this, the weeder. I don't believe there's any left. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Alan, you could make, you know, so the only way most people that know me are going to get some is come Come to my bar and I will share. <laughs> so, so far I'm under control. So let's go off to, um, before we get to my favorite stuff, what, now I was watching a, a podcast with Alan just uh, the other day and he mentioned that he loves to make absinthe. So him and Bill Hockett, uh, distilled together death in the afternoon for the key west trading company and i've still haven't been able to get myself uh few scant bottles around indianapolis so the weed are still there but it's sold out all right and uh yeah sharing is carrying <laughs> there jolie uh but you know he, he makes other other expressions one of the expressions that Alan loves to make is his Hoosier apple brandy because uh, almost sold out the third time on Dalton too. I mean, Dalton is, I, I love William. It's my, like I said, it was my bourbon of the year. Uh, I would put it even, I put it up against some of the high end we, uh, weeded bourbons, uh, that William Dalton is fantastic, whether it's the French stave or the actual straight William Dalton. But the Hoosier Apple Brandy, uh, this is Old Clifty, and uh, it's uh, this one's aged three years in used oak barrels. Now, are those oak, used oak barrels, Allen bourbon barrels? Or what kind of barrels did are they your bourbon barrels or are they purchase barrels or what is that going on with that? So this uh, apple brandy. So I'm not I brandy basically kills me. Uh, I've had brandy um, in my past, and although oh God, it smells so good. It's it's like. <sighs> Although, but regular brandy uh, usually ends up with some form of, it's recouped number two char red wine barrels. There you go. So you were using the, the wine barrels from the Spirit of French Lick, their red wine number, the wine barrels from the winery. All right. So on this Hoosier Apple Brandy, though, aged two years Aged two years in whatever. And why did I think that was a three? Anyways, but uh, when, but I've had Alan's apple brandy and it hasn't 
been a bad mm-hmm. outcome. Really? A fly is... <laughs> it landed right on there and let me flick it off with a full flick. Anyways, that's just like, hey, fly, fuck you. It's <laughs> right on the microphone. All right, so... I never had that happen before. I, I Even at an outdoor festival. How does that happen in my basement at 1039? Ooh, some scary st- shit could be happening. Oh, talking about ghosts. So, uh, I... <laughs> I basically podcast down here, okay? And my wife, her office... Old Clifty September in 68-gallon hogshead and number two charred NOA 53-gallon. All right, so my wife's office is right, like, on the other half of of this uh, basement area. Uh, And it's a large room. She has an office. But in it, she has a kid's area where there's a bunch of toys. And I'll be podcasting by myself like I am now down here and there's one toy and it's a basketball hoop that if you flip you throw the ball through the hoop it flicks and starts the thing talking so i'll be in the middle of a podcast and all of a sudden i'll hear do 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 oh and it's it runs through the whole script as if somebody flipped it so i usually go in there turn it off but so the other night I'm sitting in here, in here and it goes off and it keeps going off, like off and off. And I'm just like, I can't, it, it's, it's the freakiest thing because you're sitting down here all by yourself and all of a sudden you got a toy going off that's motion activated with actual, uh, not like pick up motion, it's hit motion. So some, so something. Well, it must be a rat or a, a mouse running around back there and likes to, I have no idea. Anyways, but that's that's my ghost story for this time. So let's drink the cheers, Alan, for your brandy that doesn't make me uh, sick. <laughs> this is so unique. It's so delicious. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe when I start, it's a Larry Bird. <laughs> Maybe it is. But we we know that you're more popular than Larry Bird in Indiana. We know that, Alan. Jill Jill Lee wouldn't say so, but I do. Uh, so, anyways, mm. that's some. That's some very, very good. If you like apple. So, this has been open and sitting. And I'm getting a little bit of licorice on this one also right now. So, that's kind of cool to pick up some licorice for sure. All right. So, we've gone through four. And I'm totally sober. I don't know how. Let's. So, since we got the licorice flavor going. uh, Alan, initially... He doesn't, uh, he's not shy about it, uh, worked at Copper and Keys in Kentucky, and uh, he worked on their absinthe uh, there, and it's a really unique story for me because before I was into bourbon and whiskey, I was an absinthe drinker. Being an artist, uh, it 
basically you can drink a good amount of absinthe and maintain your motor skills, but get a buzz. And then what you do with the buzz is uh, that you basically, you lose your inhibitions and, but you don't lose your motor skills. So if you're painting on something, absinthe would allow me to not give a shit that I was painting on a canvas that caused me, cost me $600. And if I fuck it up, it's gonna, I don't, and usually I would paint conservatively if I wasn't drinking absinthe, but I would be a little bit more liberal <laughs> with my brush strokes and, and produce a little bit better art. Now you can't drink or mix anything because one night I was doing it and I broke for supper. My wife gave me a glass of wine and I went back to paint again and I had no motor skills. So, but one of the, the actual, uh, we did lucid, we did a lot of jade, uh, we picked up that, but there was a point when copper and key, uh, their absinthe came around. I think I ended up having two bottles and Liking it. It was very unique. Now, uh, that's kind of a cool, cool story to know that I realized that Alan was pretty much on that absinthe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that's really kind of a cool, cool thing. Now, there's two absinths. One that he's done, and well, actually, Fascination Street is the actual single barrel. Uh, absinthe, and it was number 422. So there's this, and then there is a rye whiskey finished in absinthe barrels, and this is 108 proof. Now, the Fascination Street is 106, yeah, I believe so, 106 proof. So, uh Let's start off with the whiskey and then go to that. I'm gonna I, I I mean honestly, if you like absinthe and then you get get a rye, I'm putting a rye in there. It's pretty damn good. What are we lit? Nope. Okay. So might have lost. We're down. Who knows? But um, here's to the right way. Cause, uh, if the way Alan explains it is that when he was elsewhere, uh, they had a th way that they were having him make it and he wasn't in total agreement. So when he got to be able to do this rye, uh, it's, it's, it's the right way. It says right on there and Alan Bishop production and makes sense. So you knows this, and there is a balance of everything. <laughs> it just keeps getting better as we go along tonight, right? Right, folks? <laughs> Alan says he, he drank so many bottles of the right way himself. Uh, yeah, that's... that's uh, I gotta think what candy's there. Oh, goddamn good and plenty. Holy shit. That is a good and plenty right there.
Wow. <laughs> it gives, uh, yeah, good and plenty. Uh, I, hey, I came up with that. Hey, I came up with that, Jolie, before I read it. Yeah, there's definitely good and plenty. There is no doubt. Uh, that is some delicious stuff. Uh, that way, this and Alan, you probably, if you've drank so many of these, it's the it's called the right way, but you end up going the wrong way by the end of the night because at 108 proof and it tasting like good and plenty, that could be dangerous. There's no doubt. So, uh, and our, sp oh, did I lose, how did I lose the, where is my, oh, live chat, we'll go back to the live chat, there we go, all right, so, if, now is this still available, are you still making this, Alan, because I highly suggest that, I mean, it's not every day you can uh, drink whiskey uh, that has the taste of good and plenty. So we've got we've got the Lee W. Sinclair. Claire, the Lee. Oh, there's the Sinclair, the Gladden. Uh, why do we have two? Where do, what's going on here? Maddie Gladden there. Lee W. Sinclair. Oh, that's a William Dalton. <laughs> Don't even. Yeah, we're going to have to hit. We've got two more to go. Three more to go. Uh, we've got, so let's hit the Fascination Street now. We've got the Brandy out of the way. And we've got the Weeder out of the way. Yep, we got four. Fascination Street. So let's just go straight up Absinthe. Now this Absinthe uh, is... Let's see, matured two years in new American oak. So it's aged in new American oak. So that's kind of a cool aspect. Yeah, so me having that bottle right there the right way, I should put that away, right? It's another barrel put back. I might call it the standard. Ooh. How many, I mean, if you put that back, what's the age on that, Mr. Bishop? Oh, God. It's, this is the part. This, this, this. Uh, the reason why I went from absinthe to bourbon is I had a gallbladder issue. And I really think it probably was from drinking 150 to 175 proof absinthe, uh, you know, on a regular. Filtered through Amethyst for full pretentious fluffery. <laughs> Amethyst. I thought I, I I read it properly before you, you know, just you don't actually. Well, yeah, you do. There's people still in the, the room that see the, the comments. So when you. Oh. So there's a sweetness added to this, and it's a woody. I mean, you're talking about wormwood, bitter as hell. And then you do all the botanicas, botanicals, 
<laughs> to bring out the flavor to make it in a lot of cases uh if you're not if you're not doing the if you're doing regular standard absinthe you're looking for the black licorice taste and then there's the swiss way i believe and then you can be getting other flavors in there cinnamon or what whatnot whatever the distiller wants to put in there but on this one the aging it in the oak is very interesting on fascination street Le Bleu. All right. So, just brings back memories. Now, if anybody's new to Absinthe, Absinthe came out of a time period where wine was the dominant uh, spirit in France. And when... They had a problem with the grapes, and they weren't able to produce the wine. Absinthe stepped up and stepped in. And it stepped up and stepped into a level where it was so well-received around the world that when (laughs) the blight on the grape, and the grapes didn't no longer have a problem, they could... The wineries could not get reestablished, so they petitioned the court <laughs> to basically make absinthe illegal so they could reestablish their place. Uh, and that's pretty much the description of what happened. And for a hundred years, uh, absinthe was illegal. And then in 2007, I believe <sighs> it's it's been a while. Uh, the make uh, Ted. I want to say. I think his name is Ted. Uh, he he was uh, and uh, owns and operates the Jade uh, Distilling and Distribution of Jade Absinthe, and he was able to uh, reverse the law and make absinthe with not high thujone levels because thujone is the neurotoxin produced from the wood, the wormwood and make it legal. So that's uh, how that works as far as absinthe. And then in 2007, ever since then, absinthe has been, but what, what you're talking about is uh, Alan and there's a group of distillers um, now making absinthe and absinthe is coming back from, I mean, it's more being done at a craft level, which is how initially it was, it started. And so uh, I'm excited to see where absinthe goes. And this is delicious because I love the toasted, it's almost toasted oak with the licorice taste. Still alive here, folks. (laughs) Let's go to the next one. So I'm going to get a new Glencairn because this Glencairn is licorice. So anybody new watching, Spirit of French like Ooh, I pulled on a wild turkey. Where the hell did that come from? Let's just go right back. All right. So tonight, folks, I am tasting from my Scotchy Bourbon Boy Glencairn. Uh, 
courtesy of Martin Duffy of the Glencairn Glass Company. I'm going to be making an order, so I have Glencairns to sell at Kentucky Bourbon Festival uh, real soon. But, uh, you know, he was the reason why we were able to get this. All right, so let's go to the... That's a barrel... Is that what's the proof on that? 99.3 and what's the proof? So, okay, so we're gonna do the Solomon Scott. I am not a rye fan. Everybody knows I'm not a rye fan, but in this case, uh there are lately I am a rye fan. So I I the more rye I taste and the more things that happen. All right, true absinthe is the only real spirit known worldwide that by practice can only be made. On a craft level. All right, there you go. I agree with that. It's how it's always been made. I don't think what's really unique about it is that the the time period when it was popular during Frank, you know, before they eliminated it, uh, it it got that's the only time it ever got that big where it would the production had to be up and everybody wanted it whereas even now um there's a lot of people who know about absinthe but there's a shit ton of people who don't actually have never had it and most people you know i find that one of the reasons is is because licorice there's only, it's a certain type of person that loves black licorice. I'm one of those people. Now, I got this really cool shirt. I wanted, it's like you got Spider-Man hanging right down from the middle. It's like, I love this shirt. Anyways, uh, that black licorice, so that eliminates a good amount of people. There's a lot of people who don't like black licorice. Me, on the other hand, if you give me a handful of, you give me jelly beans, I'm pulling the black jelly beans out and like getting a handful of it and sh shoving them in my mouth all at once. I love that flavor explosion. It's closer to root beer for me because licorice is a root. The root beer, it, it's so similar to me and it's what I love. But there's a lot of people out there that don't, you know, drink absinthe or don't want to, you know, and I always tell them, okay, so in other words, you're telling me that you'll drink something like vodka or gin, which if, if it's made on the level that they drink it, you drink it and it tastes like shit on its own. You got to add a bunch of stuff to it, but you're going to pass on something that tastes like you just took black jelly beans and threw it in your mouth. I understand you don't like black jelly beans, like you're not looking for that, but this is a liquor. This is an actual liquor that tastes like black jelly beans. And that's a whole different level because there's so many, you know, what people like or whatever. So it's like, okay, so in other words, you don't like a liquor that tastes like candy. So they've made the liquor, which gets you drunk, which you're trying to do in the first place in a unique way. They made it to taste like black licorice. And you're going to be like, oh, I don't like black licorice. We're not eating black licorice, folks. We're basically having a liquor that tastes like black li licorice. And that has a whole different meaning, in my opinion. Even if you don't like black jelly beans, if you got a liquor that tastes like black jelly beans, it tastes a shit ton better than fucking Jack Daniels when uh, or, you know or vodka, or gin, just drinking it straight. And that's just my, I just went off on that little tangent. But now we are on Solomon Scott Rye Whiskey. This is a 
barrel pick by Bottles Unlimited. It was uh, barrel 162. It's from 2016. Uh, I believe that's when it was distilled. Uh, it's a, So it's four years, and it's Indiana straight rye. Uh, the release, this came out before the actual release from the distillery. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hit the glasses again, folks, because I'm going to see what I can pull from the label, because... Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of rye, but up oh, there you go. 68 rye, 35 corn, and 5% malt. So, uh, with that said, uh, this now the it's just funny how things work. It's like I'm not a fan of the dill. Now this part of rye, and we were uh, Alan was me, Alan and I were kind of talking over the internet a little bit about this. Is that when I was at Three Boys this past week, uh, I was talking to Hunter Coffee, and he was talking about how he likes the dill vegetables. In my describe it as celery rye, and I do not like that, and I like the mint and the chocolate rise. And he said that when he was doing it, you know, when he's making it, uh, it's, it could switch back and forth in the barrel. Like as time goes, sometimes it tastes like uh, dill and celery and other times it tastes like chocolate and mint. It just depends on what level. Now, uh, Alan was saying, Yeast strain, uh, you know, the different uh, mash bills all can adjust that accordingly. So, all right, let's hit this one. Now, this bottle was courtesy of Steve Coombs. Uh, he is a writer uh, out of Louisville. He writes about a lot of different things. He has books on bourbon. He has books on whiskey. He has books on country ham. And he's got an upcoming book on pizza. So uh, he has a really kind of cool, yeah. Alan says he hates dill rye and black cherry rye, which leans Robitussin. So, so you mentioned, Alan, that you hate the 95.5. And everybody talks about 95.5. But what's really Fucked up is so do I. I. I can't MGP 95.5. You're talking bullet rye. You're talking, you're talking. I don't, I, I love Knob Creek, but I do not like Knob Creek rye. I hate seagrass. Uh, I hate Angel's Envy rye. Uh, even just lately, because I was tasting all these rye. Uh, Buzzards Root, Buzzards a Roost uh, is delicious. And there's a bunch of rye that I was like, like on a roll, I like 10 straight ryes where I was wondering if I liked it. But then I finally tasted Angel's Envy rye uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was, I just spit it out. And it was on video. <laughs> Anyways, but, and I understand, uh, but that dill, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a, a fan either. But then I go to Bill Hockett's. And I go to Bill Hockett at Dayton Barrel Works, and he's got a MGP 95 rye barrel there that he basically 
purchased and put put out. I taste it, and it's chocolatey mint deliciousness. <laughs> so I'm just like thinking, you know, what what's going on? Because I know I hate that 95.5 off of MGP. I know it, but but whatever Bill did when he picked the barrels that he picked for Dayton Barrel Works for the, his rye, he did not hit the MGP 95.5 flavor profile on that one. So that definitely was uh, a kind of a cool moment to understand that even just the mash bill and it, it, it matters what's in the barrel and what the barrel does. And then it's also the distiller who's picking the particular barrel. I don't know what he had to do to get to that point. You know, I have no idea. So cheers, uh, cheers to Coombsy. Uh, Steve Coombs was at the premiere. It was great to see him at the Alan Bishop experience. It was like, uh, I've gone on some Kentucky bourbon festival picks with Steve. Uh, like I said, I respect the hell out of his palate. I understand. And he understands that, you know, everything's, you know, Everything is uh, for each individual person. It's what they like or what they don't like. And uh, he has a unique perspective. There's no doubt about it. But here's Dekumzi for getting, helping me get this uh, barrel pick. I was excited to get it. He was, I was able to pick it up and uh, cheers. Yeah, not a dill. It's so delicious. There's not a lot of times. It's like a little bit, I want to say butterscotch. That is a good barrel. <clears throat> oh, there's no doubt. Uh, Steve is good people and a good friend and and anybody who ever gets to meet Steve Coombs that man loves the whiskey he loves the people in the industry and does everything he can to help them oh oh there's that flag and is it going to try and why is it attacking me <laughs> I've never had a fly on that's two times it's got to be a different one because I nailed the crap out of that last one um I would say uh, Steve um, just, uh, I, I just heard that, what was it? A Bardstown Bourbon Company purchased Green River. And that is a very unique uh, situation. Now, I know the ownership uh, of the, the people who purchased Bardstown Bourbon Company a little bit back, uh, that family is not uh, very popular in Illinois, but it's just a brother of the governor. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it's just the web of distilleries keeps getting what would you say more complicated. But this uh, Solomon Scott uh, rye whiskey. Once again, another uh, Indiana personality that uh, Alan has put on the label. I love the labels. 
Uh, they're just uh, fantastic. They've got a certain aspect of history and coolness all together. And so uh, there we go. We are getting down to the last couple. We'll kind of try and wrap it up in a couple seconds. But we were at the Alan Bishop experience and there was a bottle of this that was passed around. But this is a hundred proof and it's a bottled in bond Kasha bourbon. Uh, buckwheat, Kasha, and uh, all right, here come the glasses. <laughs> uh, 68%, 66 corn, 12 rye, 16 Kasha. 2% buckwheat and 4% malt. Now that is a five grain bourbon. It's called the Morning Glory. Let's put it up there again for everybody out there. And right there. Beautiful. And uh, I definitely love this bourbon. But what was passed around at the experience was oh, <laughs> good thing there was nothing in it my audio died seriously oh i gotta check that out why do you think it died oh I, maybe my phone went to sleep oh my phone might have died no it's still up there let's see Nope, it's up. Did we lose it? Uh, is it back, Alan? Oh, it's back. <laughs> I come back and it's back. All right, so this uh, Morning Glory is... Um, what was passed around was barrel proof. Well, let's just get it. And and honestly, I like, I, I like this. Um... I probably, there's some people who don't like buckwheat and don't like, but I'm a fan of multiple grains. And if I'm tasting any form, see, I get a ton of chocolate on this. And what I was getting on the barrel proof was spectacular. Uh, all right. And in my opinion, uh, it's just, you know, uh, what what Alan said and described about this uh, when it was happening was that he wasn't a fan. He, you know, he did this because someone wanted him to do it. But as it aged, it was horrible and it was horrible and horrible. And then all of a sudden, out of. Yeah. He said he put only in, what's crazy, is year one, he only put back 15 barrels. He wishes he had put 50. And I agree. Uh, it, it's it's life. That's life. Because sometimes what, what you think is going to happen is not what happens. And honestly, there's a time where maybe I myself personally wouldn't have liked this 
but that's not now. Your palette changes and evolves all the time. And what's really cool is that Alan has also, his whiskey has changed and evolved through time. He says, the bottled in bond sold out, down to a scant few bottles of a single barrel right now, waiting on bottles for a 25 barrel dump. So, okay, so that, that's cool. So we get through this. This is delicious, and he, I, I'm so happy I was able to get a bottle. I didn't know what to think of it, but as when I first got it, which this was around... No, I think I picked, I think I got this in like December-ish. And I didn't think I was going to get one, but I got one. So I was really happy. And then when I tasted it initially, it was it was good, but it wasn't great. But what I'm tasting as this bottle has been open and sits and keeps going, uh it's delicious and it just keeps getting better. And I hope that he's able to do more and more. So I'm going to pull one more fresh glass and we'll do a toast and finish this up. Uh, the part about this is this. The William Dalton regular line of weeded bourbon. We did the weeder right here, which was delicious. But it this blows away that, and that is good. But you throw in what he did with uh, with Stephen Beam. <laughs> I flicked the shit out of that fly again. I, I mean, I just drilled it. It's going to be back, but. What he did with Stephen Beam, uh, with these French oak staves, dropping them in, and what it did to the whiskey, it made something so, in my opinion, so special. Because this is some of the best, I, I, I'm going to say, I've had Pappy, I haven't had 20 or 23, but I've had Pappy 15, 12, and 10, and uh, not even close i i the the dark richness of this i mean you look at that and it's a rich mahogany color in there it's a let's see what we got here it is was three old barrel 303 107.9 proof 78 corn 28 Wheat and 16 barley. So, 28, there's no way. <laughs> That's some shit math on my part. Okay, so let's let's use my real eyes. It was 78, 28, and 16. Eight, eight, and eight. <laughs> There's seventy corn, twenty, and ten caramel malt. Okay, wait a second. All right, that's not okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Alan. That was like almost like 
Unbelievable. So the caramel malt definitely is there. But I drink this. When I drink this, this is a level of bourbon that you... It's a weeded bourbon. Zeros look like eights in that pond. Yeah, thanks for uh, covering for me. <laughs> uh, it, the nose... I mean, this is this is bourbon... In my opinion, when you add it, when you add in the the French staves, this turns to bourbon perfection. And 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 you know, honestly, uh, what Maker's Mark has done by what they've done with their their stave, they've they've created an an area of bourbon that they're exploring, and then what you've explored, Alan, here that somehow. Uh, and the fact that it stays bourbon, this isn't finished bourbon. This is actually still bourbon and, uh, Maker's Mark, I, you got to give it to them because this is a, a place that only has one mash bill. They do one proof. And I mean, you hear about what, like, like Fred Minnick talks about how he's been able to taste Maker's Mark that's older and how delicious it is and that people just don't go there. They're, they're not going there, but they went there with these staves and they got the process approved to keep it bourbon. They don't have to say finished at all. So I really find that's a unique thing that, that uh, they've done. And this is uh if i'm just i still you can see how much i have i covet this i've shared this with people because it is so delicious it's right up there with uh my booker's rye from sandy no anyways cheers everybody <laughs> it's like I mean, straight up, caramel, chocolate, pecan. I mean, and then it just stays. It's got a body on on its, that it fills your mouth completely. There's no part, every cheek under my tongue, it's a, it's a perfection on body. And uh, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I actually think that Alan is capable of producing better than this, but I'll wait. Yeah, me too, Alan. You're you're wonderful. Now, just we're finished. This, I mean, this is uh, this is. I don't know what to say. It's almost like speechless. Uh, it it hits on every level. Nose. There's nothing, there's no aspect of this that isn't uh, what it needs to be. But with that said, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., the Alan Bishop experience. This, this, watch it till the end, folks. All I'm going to say is if you want to see me face down 
in the middle of the forest with leaves in my face. It's just like you got to watch till the end. There's no doubt. Uh, I I do a good job leading up to that. Uh, there's you know. Uh, I appreciate everything that the spirit of French Lick and Alan Bishop and Jolie Kasperzak have done for us. I look forward to the future. This podcast is 100% uh, our first sponsor. Every time, you know, I feel that uh, they've backed us. I, it, I don't like these bourbons and these absinths and the the rise and the morning glory because they're my sponsor. They're my sponsor because I like them. And it's uh some I mean what Alan, you know, I just look forward to the future and everything that you're going to do. So, all right everybody, uh good night. Uh I'm going to take us out, and I'm going to have Kenny take us out on this one, because how the hell can't you? Because thank you, everyone. Good night. Uh, www.scotchybourbonboys.com. Check us out, everything Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Uh, On the website, you can purchase T-shirts and Glen Karens like that, and also... uh, Check out the Patreon in the top right-hand corner when you're there. Uh, Every bit of support is greatly appreciated. Uh, That helps us do everything we need to do. And make sure we are on all podcast formats. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. But like, subscribe and comment. So, remember everybody, good bourbon equals good times and good friends and good night. Ah, I got to turn it up. Show fun to watch. We love what we do. We're drinking every food. Man, we talk some shit, but we're telling the truth. Yeah, we're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, raising some hell and making some noise. Yeah, we're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. We're here to have fun and we hope you enjoy. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process... 
and check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts. <laughs>